Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. So I'm so excited to get into this word today. I I love the Bible. I love theology. And if we understand the Bible, all right, uh, uh, it has a lot to teach us about love. Say love. In fact, I want you to do something with me. I felt like I was talking to God this morning. It felt like one thing I I really want you to understand through this whole series is how much God loves you. God loves you. He is deeply in love with you. And what I think is important as we talk about love, according to the Bible, say Bible, is that we live in a world that perverts love. We live in a world that is convoluted, perverted. We live in a world that takes love and uh, defines it according to itself. But how many of you know that we need, we desperately need a deeper definition of love. And I'm so grateful that the Bible uh, uh, exhausts what love is according to the kingdom of God. Do you know that no matter what you've done, what you thought, what you said, who, uh, 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 the maybe crime you committed, maybe the thing you said, you're, God loves you despite all of that. You know, in the world, you get love because you show love. You see that? And this is so profound. When you, you are, the way you behave in the world, you are getting love back based upon how you show love to others. But in God, no matter what you do, watch this, there is no attachment to love. God loves you anyway, watch this, because of who you are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news today? So we're going to be talking about love, and I think it's so vital and important. And I want to share a little bit about myself to be honest with you, over this series, and you know how it is. I tell it like it is. Amen. Somebody say amen. We need preachers to tell the truth in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, all right? And be unashamed of the gospel because, watch this, truth has been under attack, all right? And truth is light. No one said amen, but that's all right. I know my Lord and Savior gives me an amen, all right? We need to talk about love, but I want to share a little bit about my background. You know, I grew up in a very abusive home. I was told every day who I was not. I kid you not, I was verbally abused. I was told I was going to be a drug addict like my dad. I, told, I was told I was going to be a nobody, a reject. I was told that my life would, be amount, uh, would amount to nothing or nobody. I remember at the time I would even date and go into relationships. And by the way, I had a very ugly, broken childhood, always desiring love. In fact, I mean... To put it honest and blunt, I really didn't have parents. I had to parent my parents, all right? That was the kind of relationship that I had, all right? And God has done some work in the name of Jesus. And by the way, I'm so proud of my parents because my dad gave his life to Jesus before he died. He confessed his sins and he tied up ends and asked for forgiveness from my family, and I'm so proud of him for doing that. And not only so, I'm so proud of my mother who, who you know, really, I don't see, destroyed my childhood, to be quite honest with you, seen things I shouldn't have seen, heard things I shouldn't have heard, and my world of love was so convoluted and perverted and broken that I was ripe 
with wanting what God has always desired for me to have. And watch this. I was looking for it in all the wrong places. I was searching for it in all the wrong people. I was looking for it in all the wrong things. But until the day I met my Savior, Jesus Christ, he became my fulfillment. And I seen how much my God loves. Come on, somebody. He will love you up. He will love you through your brokenness. He will cover up the fracture of, fractures of your broken soul. And he will, it is, let me tell you, it is a miracle today that I am married to the most amazing woman in the world. Sorry, I got the best wife, all right. I, I, it is a miracle. My grandma's sitting right here. In fact, I only have one person to this date who is still married, I believe, in my, uh, in my side of the family. I mean, divorce is rampant. I have no uh, example of love. And let me tell you today, and it breaks my heart. And, and one of the things about my ministry, you may know this and I say this, is I believe that my ministry, the Calling Church, is cares and loves and is a ministry that desires to minister to the brokenhearted. If you preach to the hurting, you will always have an audience. And I, was a, I know what you feel because I've been depressed, I've been dejected, I've been discouraged to the point of suicide. But like I say, G, said, Jesus has loved me up to heal to healed and whole in his holy name. And I'm so grateful for it. And so if you are broken today, like I was, if you were told who you're not, if your parents were divorced, if you've gone through abuse, let me tell you, you need, meet, you need to meet and surrender to Jesus and let his love build you on up. Somebody say amen. Come on, say amen like you mean it, all right? Maybe you're struggling today. And you think you know, you, so I was at eight years old, I was uh, <laughs> police, you know, it was so bad and, you know, took my parents to jail. I remember the whole scene, went to go live with other family members. And here I was at eight years old, just seeing so much garbage. And by the time I was 15, and because we're talking about romance, I'm going to go there a little bit and be respectful, but we're going to go there. Amen. All right, if the world is talking about things, why doesn't the church talk about certain things? Somebody say amen, all right? So, so I was 15, and I, mean, I, was, I was young, and I, I'm ready to date. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm ready. I'm, I'm single, and I'm ready to mingle. You know what I'm saying? And little did I find out that, you know, I was doing drugs. I was partying. I was being with girls, all right, so to speak. I even, I, rem <laughs> I even at the time dated older women, which were in their mid-20s, and I was still in high school. And, and that was my mom, I remember at the time, was so angry. She's like, tell me who this girl is. I'm going to give her a black eye right now, all right. And, and I was looking for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong people, trying to satisfy a broken heart. Can I just share with you right now for us single folk, we're talking about singleness and dating today. You are single, maybe you're even divorced and you're single, but let me tell you right now, there's no person that is ever going to gratify and sustain and fulfill your soul and your heart. There's no other person, no sex will do that, no drug will do that, no thing will do that, no pornography will do that. Only Jesus, the author of life and love himself, could ever do that for you. So I want to urge you, if you're single today... You might want to enter into relationships and date Johnny and date David and date Jose. Don't be a revolving door. Respect yourself. Somebody say amen. All right. I'm getting a little uh, ahead of myself in my notes, but I'm passionate because I want to see people 
who are single and dating really trust Jesus. And I really believe that if you, st- I believe that if you stand on this word and you, you are devoted to his, you might not be perfect, none of us are, but if you stand on his word and you take his promises, I promise you God will send you what you need in a person in Jesus' name. But first, we must give him our undivided attention and devotion. You guys out there today. So here, let me just say this about romance and love. You know, from cover to cover. In fact, when I marry people, I always talk about this from cover to cover. From the beginning of time, there was a marriage. Who was that marriage? Adam and Eve. And from the closing of scripture and the culmination of all of time, there is also a a, a marriage. And that marriage is Jesus and his bride, who? The church. Say the church. Now, I want to let you know that I know sometimes we get jaded when we think about the church because church has some people who are a little too much, you know what I'm saying, and judgy at the, at, at the same time. But watch this. Don't be mistaken. Jesus loves his church. It is a romantic relationship. Jesus, the Bible says, died for his bride and cleansed her with the washing of the water of the word. He purified her for himself, sacrificing himself for his bride, the church. And also at the culmination of time, I believe after the rapture, and say rapture, and after uh, the tribulation period, there is going to be something called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now this is theological. Now this, what this means is this marriage supper of the Lamb is a wedding banquet. It's a wedding banquet between Jesus, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride. Well, we're gonna, I'm praying that there's food in heaven. How many of you want some tacos, some carne asada, you know what I'm saying? Some flame mignon. Imagine that food being the best wine and food ever, all right? Uh, Jesus says this in the Gospels at the Last Supper. He says this in the, uh, in the Gospels. He says, I will not partake of this wine, all right, until we enter the kingdom. In other words, he's saying when we are at this great wedding and I brought you to myself and we are all together, I've sacrificed myself for my church, uh, I've given my, 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 my blood and, uh, for her. We know we're going to do this together in the marriage supper. We're going to have a great wedding banquet and feast, all right? So there's romance in the Bible, and it is greatly theological, all right? And I really want us to understand, most importantly, before we talk about our romantic relationships, I think it's important that we get this romantic relationship, so to speak, right first. Amen? You guys out there with me? I know it's quiet, and that's okay. We're munching, all right? We're munching on the Word of God. We're munching on these truths, But today I really want to focus on singleness. Say singleness. Singleness and dating. Singleness and dating. So here I am at a young age, 15, dating, partying, drinking, go to college. I went to San Francisco. Uh, I thought I was crazy. San Francisco, crazy. All right, Pray pray for a city in the name of Jesus, all right? And pray for L.A. while you're at it, all right? And, uh, uh, you know, doing my thing, and I wasn't living the right life. I knew all along. God's standard, and I wasn't living the right way. I wasn't living the right way because I was more interested in fulfilling the things of my flesh than really desiring what God had for me, all right? And so here I am, I'm playing baseball, and uh, I moved back to L.A. because San Francisco was okay with baseball. L.A. is much better in Jesus' name, all right? It's much better, and I thought I'd go to school here and be home. And I remember at the time I got cut from the team. I never got cut. But I had all along this, I felt like the Lord was always telling me, 
Michael, I love you and I have a plan and a purpose for you. If you just follow me, if you just surrender your life to me and this life of great pain and brokenness, if you stop stuffing your life with that stuff, I have some great things ahead, for, ahead of you. I'll never forget I surrendered to this love. I took, you know, like the old days, I took, at the time it felt like a mile long altar call. I went all the way to the altar call and I just gave my life to Jesus and I've never looked back. And I remember at the time, in 2008-ish, 15-ish years ago, I joined a young adults ministry. And, and be careful when you join a singles ministry or a young adult ministry, all right? Because a lot of them wanted to date. <laughs> but I, and there was a lot of cliques. And sometimes I just don't like that in the church. Where there's a, how many of you don't like cliques? I don't like, I'm like, I'm here for Jesus. I don't care about your clique, all right? I just want Jesus. I knew I was broken. And so I went to the young adults ministry and I really devoted myself to Christ. There was a lot of women there, a lot of young men there, uh, a lot of dating going on, but I really committed myself to the Lord. And it says this in scripture. We'll get in fact, uh, in fact, can we bring it on up, uh, Raquel? It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 33, and then we'll go to verse 34. But watch this. The Bible talks about singleness, and Paul does have a, a little bit to say, just a sliver to say about unmarried men and women. In fact, I, I, I want to talk to Paul because according to the apostle Paul, he says it's better to be unmarried and single your whole life and maybe honest to God the truth is some of us will be single for the rest of our life but some of us or statistically speaking most of us say most of us most of us will be married for all our life but the Bible says because Paul is was a single man okay some of this for single people this can be a gift for you all right and and and, and there's no shame on this by the way I know there's a scripture but just hold on by the way, if you're single, there is nothing wrong with you. You might twitch a little bit. You might got no, I'm <laughs> you might you got might got some habits. But you live in a culture and we live in a society that just comes down hard on single people. Like, what's the matter with you, all right? Let me just tell you all single folk, there, there, there might be something wrong. No, hear my heart. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being single. Especially if you live in a Hispanic family. You know what I'm saying? Mijo, you're still single. What's wrong with you, all right? Or, or Mijo, you're still single. What's wrong? If you're in a Hispanic family and you're a woman, you're not leaving the house till you get married. That's just how it goes, right? But uh, in Hispanic families, we look at the single people like something is wrong with them. Not only in family, but how about church? All right, church culture always pressures us to get married. I went to Christian school when I, later on, I got saved. And there was a saying, ring by spring. You know what I'm saying? It was like, whoa, all right? In other words, if you don't understand, by spring semester, you might have found the one, all right? Or you're looking for the one, or you're forcing the one, all right? But here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't got a disease, all right? You, you Don't let the world pressure you for not finding the person that God has for your life. Like the Bible says, we don't want to awaken love before it's time. But look at what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 33. It says, a single man, say a single man. 
A single man can focus on the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. In other words, Paul's debate here is that it is better to be single because you can be devoted to the Lord purely because when we get married, our devotion, so to speak, naturally are are competed with because we also have our wife or we have our husband as we follow our faith. That's Paul's perspective, all right? And it's not a command to be single. He says he concedes this. It's not a command from the Lord, all right? And if you want and have the desire to get married, that, that is also a gift, a precious gift that we believe that God wants to bless you with in, in the Bible. But also says this about women, women in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 34. It says the same idea is true for a young unmarried woman. She concerns herself only. Now watch this. She what? Concerns. Say concern. She concerns herself only with the work of the Lord and how to dedicate. Say dedicate. Dedicate herself entirely. Watch this. How? Practical speaking, body and spirit to, the, to her Lord. In other words, this is what you ought to be doing in your singleness. Say single. If you're single, one thing you should be doing is serving the Lord and being devoted to the Lord before you meet your significant other. And by the way, if you're single, you are in a relationship. You're in a relationship with freedom and take, cause just take that, all right? Enjoy that before you get married, all right? Because uh, someone said true. Yes, it is true, all right? My family would say, Michael wants to get tied down. You know, Michael, <laughs> I don't, I'm not tied down. Mom and family, that's how they look at it, all right? But watch this. If you're single, the, the step for you is to be devoted to the Lord. You know, our, 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 um, our vision statement of our church is to inspire people to become devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. I have seen people in my church, young men and young women, find each other while serving the Lord. All right, and I've gotten to marry them. In fact, I'm going to marry Ralph and Leah pretty soon, who love the Lord. We're so proud of them for the commitment they have to each other and the Lord. But watch this. Be, if you're single today, be devoted to God. First, uh, that's your priority. Don't be devoted to dating. I mean, some of us get into relationship after relationship after relationship. And it's like, dude, you're dating all the same type of guys. You're dating all the same type of women. I mean, put, look in the mirror for a second. <laughs> Something might not be right, all right? And, and, and so put God first. And this is what I did in 2008, 15 years ago. I put God first. I was dating. I wasn't living right. In fact, I mean, I, I, I hate to be this vulnerable, I don't say vulnerable, but just, I don't say vulgar is the word. I, re, I remember the first time I ever did, you know what, with the wrong person. And I felt like empty. I felt like, well, that was that? That's what they talk about? That's what the world talks about? Well, that was crappy. <laughs> like, well, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to go after this. Because that was horrendous and bad. You know what I'm saying? And I want to go after what God has for me. And so here I was in the church. I was young. I was joining uh, ministry, ministries. I was serving. And I got to be just learn from the older men and married men. And just got to just, you know, get their wisdom and advice. And I remember telling God, God, I'm not going to date one single soul until my heart is right. Until my heart is on the road to recovery. And until um, the time is right. Do you know that there's a timing mechanism, so to speak, involved with dating? In other words, if you're single, um, 
Maybe you're not ready. There's times to date and there's times not to date. Let me tell you, if you're broker than a joker and you're going to school, maybe it's not the time to date right now, all right? Maybe, maybe, maybe if you're still praying for your ex, maybe, maybe it's not time to date. And I'll, get on, I'll talk about that. But I remember just get, being devoted to Christ. And watch this. Uh, the Bible t- talks about how there's a season for everything under the sun. Right now in your singleness, it might be a time to, to get healed and to get whole, to be honest with you. And maybe it's not the right time to date. Maybe it's time to give devotion to Christ and to, to, to just get beyond the past like me. But when it's time, it'll be the time. And when it's time, you don't have to go searching and hunting, so to speak. I do believe God will bring that person to you in your life. I don't believe that there's anything wrong with Christian dating. I do believe there's something wrong with, with uh, uh, some of the other app like Tinder and hookup culture. Um, you're going to reap the rewards, the, the, uh, the rewards, so to speak, of that. And you don't want that. But I'll never forget in my devotion to Christ, I remember not dating for a year or more. All right, and that might not seem like a long time, but for me, it was for me specifically, that was a long time. I will never forget, and I know it's divine destiny that because um, I used to see during the church, during when I was in the church, I would see Corrine. She would sing. I remember going to Christian camps. I served in junior high. She served in junior high. I remember seeing that woman. She was so fine. I was like, man, I just, you know, I'd be, I tried to be next to her, so to speak. You know, I was trying to force it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? And, it, and I don't think she ever looked at me. <laughs> I don't think she ever gave me a, a, a bat of the eye, so to speak. But I remember that I just let it go. And I said, God, I'm going to trust you. You love me, and I know you have what's best for my life. I will never forget just at the right time, at the right moment, at the right uh, 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 volunteering opportunity, there was a seat literally empty next to me. I was on time and I was ready to volunteer. It was, uh, it was an event I was excited for. All of a sudden, the doors flew open. The wind came in. I saw this light, just, da- just beautiful Italian and Mexican woman, just f- this aroma, just permeated air. My nose was puffed up like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, 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 and she sat right next to me. And in my heart, I was, sweat- I was sweating. I was like, this is the girl, man. This is the girl. She, she's beautiful. And, and, and in my heart, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just said, just don't, don't, just relax. <laughs> don't, don't overdo it, all right? You know, let me take charge. Let me, let me do this. Let me do this. And so I didn't say a word. That's, that, for me, I didn't say a word. That, how, that's a big thing, baby. All right? I didn't say nothing. And she looked at me and she said a sentence. Can you let me know what we're doing? Because I'm late. And I said, ah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, go. <laughs> and the rest is history. You know, the thing about Kareem is that I, she was attracted. And here's the thing. We're going to talk about love and lust too. Love and lust. I think she was a beautiful woman. She was lovely. She, 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 she was beautiful on the outside. But I fell in love with her mostly because, mostly because, even though she was fine as wine, mostly because of her heart. And to me, honestly, there was nothing more attractive because I've been out there in the world, all right, and I've dated girls who've shown their stuff and flaunted their stuff. They all have daddy issues and they're broken, so to speak. And let me just be honest with you, all right. But Corrine had this spirit where she just loved Jesus and there was nothing more attractive to see a woman who was young to serve the Lord, prioritize the Lord, and want the things of the Lord. I know it makes me emotional because that's all I've ever was searching for and everything I was, I've ever wanted in my life. 
And so um, uh, she was the whole package. In fact, before I was dating her, I remember I was the guy praying, God, bring the old girl back. Bring the old girl back. And I remember that the Lord was like, boy, you have no idea what I have for you in store for your future. Let me just tell someone today, you might be praying for the old ex back. You might think they were great or awesome. Let me tell you, if you just trust God, he has the best in mind for you. If you just be patient, if you just trust, if you just pray and worship while you wait, God will bring the right person to you and it will be more than a great blessing for your life. Somebody say amen. All right. Don't let the world rush you and pressure you. And don't let family pressure you or even the church. But let's talk about in our singleness or dating, love and lust. Let me tell you, there's a major difference between love and lust. All right? Lust, say lust. Lust is about the, the, the instant gratification. Anything, it doesn't even have to be dating or it could be pornography. It can be drugs. Even with drugs, you just need a hit right now because you need that high. And that high needs to be better than the last high. All right. Uh, or, or if it's pornography, I just need to satisfy, you know, do this right now because I want that fulfillment. But watch this. God, doesn't, God wants to give you more than instant gratification. He wants to give you long life blessing. Come on, somebody. All right. And watch this. With lust, when you're in the heat of the moment, you want to fulfill the passions of the flesh. And watch this, one day this is going to go down to the grave. But watch this, lust feeds the flesh, but love builds the soul. And watch this, God wants to bless you with someone that, that yeah, you, you think they're fine and they're, they're pretty. But also that, that, that or what I'm trying to talk about here, actually just to be honest with you, is premarital sex. All right. And, and, we, and in the church and in Christ, we believe that it's important, all right, if you want what God has for you. I know, I know this, the birds and the bees, we're having this conversation right now. It could be funky. But we need to have it in the church. Amen? Watch this. Um, the world will tell you to have premarital sex. In fact, I just read an article yesterday in preparation of my studies, my preaching, that according to Sex in the City or something like that, that you should have sex on the third date. That's the date. That's the one. Not the first, not the two, but the third one. But watch this. Watch this. You're, you are a value. See, when I was growing up, nobody told me I had value in my life. No one told me, Michael, save yourself, save your soul, save your body for the right person. Because your body, you have value and you shouldn't just give that to anybody. No one just deserves, not anyone just deserves to have that special intimate thing with you. Only what the person that God has for you, you should share in that. Watch this, sex is a gift in the Bible. Sex is a gift in the Bible. Watch that the world would distort it and say give yourself to anyone and anything that has two legs. And I mean anyone and anything today. I mean anyone and anything today. But the Bible says otherwise. Give your soul, give your, or get, excuse me, give your body to the one that God wants for you. Because watch this, let me tell you ladies, you have value. One thing I love about my wife is she has an amazing dad. She has a world-class, uh, heavenly, spiritually speaking dad, all right? And her dad has always told her her worth and her value. He's loved her. He's been gentle with her. He's cared for her. He's been tactful with her. And he's always told her, you have value, daughter. And so I will never forget while I was dating her, you know, I was never allowed in her room. I was never allowed in her room. You know, I'd peek at the room like, you know, I'd never, I'd never, I'd never allowed in her room. And I'm really, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really honestly proud 
to, to, to uh, just, I'm proud of my father-in-law and what he's done with his, his daughter. And to be honest with you, for the many women in my family, we were never, they were never told the, the value and the worth that they have. And also not just young ladies, but young men. You have value. And watch this, you have a special someone that God wants you to have that beautiful gift with. Let me tell you, I'm going to be straight honest with you. I, I didn't live the right way, and I gave that to some women who didn't deserve me. And I'm like, man, that was crappy. All right? That, this is the gift. That's, or this, that is not the gift that God talk, is talking about in the Bible. All right? But God wants us to share that with the special someone. You have value. And so watch this. Love and lust. Love, if you're in a dating relationship right now, it's important to understand uh, I think that you should date with a purpose, not date to feed your flesh. You cannot build a great relationship, and great relationships, even if you're married, they do not happen by accident. Let me say that again. Great relationships do not happen by accident. And if you're in a relationship that is built on lust, if you're in a relationship that is built on money, sex, lust, let me tell you, it won't last. You need a relationship that is built on selfless love. And let me tell you, watch this. When it came to Kareen and I, we waited. We waited. Why? Because I love that woman. And let me tell you, love will wait. Lust does not wait. Let me tell you, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. Say patient. Love, is, love will wait. Love is not forceful. If you're dating a guy and he's forcing you to have sex because, you know, this is what we do and this is what, you need to rethink who you're dating, boo thing. You know what I'm saying? All right? Love is patient. It's not that I didn't want to do all those things with my wife and all those great, awesome benefits. It's because I loved her and I never pushed myself on her that we waited and I did the thing and I've lived that way. I wanted to do what was right. And let me tell you, 10, almost 11 years, later we are so grateful that we we stood on God's promises and we are are in more in love today than we were when we first dated in Jesus name if you do things God's way you will be blessed so love and lust are you in lust with someone are you in love with someone all right watch this premarital sex if we're if we're living with someone and we're having sex or we're just in a relationship we're having sex let me, just ask, let me just ask you a question. Why, why not explore the idea of marriage? Why not wait and don't put off marriage too long, but not, why not get married and enjoy the benefit that the Bible talks about? And let me say this. If this person that you're dating doesn't want, if the person that you're dating doesn't want to get married, what are you doing with them anyway? What are you doing? Well, I like them. They, they, you know, they're, they're, they treat me well, and well, you know, I, you know, they buy me flowers and they buy me nice things. And but is that your relationship? That's not going to last forever. Come on, married folk, you know what I'm talking about. That's not going to last. There's going to be hard times. Let me tell you. All right, and let me tell you. We'll, we'll get into this in the other uh, teachings in the other weeks. But we're going to be talking about married life and all that kind of stuff, and, and it's going to be great, even with kids, because those expectations change. All right, how many know what I'm talking? When you have kids, your your love is completely different. All right, it needs to be upgraded. But talking about premarital sex and and just love and lust, if you're dating someone that, and let's just talk about this too as well. 
if you're dating, if you're dating someone, it's important to ask some of these questions. Let's ask, what are, if you're, when you're dating, what, is, what are the priorities of the other person? What are the priorities of them? Are they following Christ? Is Christ the center of this person's life? Let me tell you right now, if the person that you're dating or whom you will date or you desire to date, watch this. If Christ is not the center of their life, that's not the person that Christ has for you. Because Christ will never put someone in your life who will take you further away from your Lord and your Savior. God will only put someone in your life who will propel you forward in your faith, not drag you backward. Let me say that again. God will only put someone in your life who will propel your faith forward and pull your relationship with Christ forward, not drag your relationship with God behind and make you forget the things of the Lord. Who, who am I preaching to today? Many people in the church today, many people, uh, one thing I do when I mentor people is that when they're dating someone, a lot of time they're unevenly yoked. They're yoked up and linked up to someone who does not love God. Let me ask you, where do you want to go in your life? Do you want the promises of God and the beautiful gifts that God talks about in the Bible for your life and for your relationship? What do you want for your kids? Come on, somebody. It's important to be linked up with someone who loves the Lord, who the Lord is the center of their life, and they have committed their way to the Lord. Come on, y'all. Give the Lord a better clap than that. That's what I loved about my wife. I love that in being in a relationship with her, she propelled me forward. I saw her reading her Bible. I saw her studying scripture. She would pray for me sometimes because I was a bonehead. I remember that she would, she would propel my faith and make me a greater man, a greater believer. We need to ask this while we're dating. I don't know about you, but you know, you need to have the perspective and say this. If this boy don't love Jesus, I ain't going after him. If this girl don't love Jesus, I ain't going. She might, she might look like a beer quality looking commercial woman but if she don't love Jesus it ain't for me come on somebody in Jesus name God wants you to fall in love love not in lust and watch this love is a lot different love is a life long blessing that God wants for you and and it's important too when we build our relationship we got to take inventory of what it's based on because when we have kids this makes this a whole mess now. I'm trying to save y'all therapy in the name of Jesus, all right? This makes this a whole mess, all right? Because when you got kids involved, now the kid, what is their, you know, let me just tell you, it's, it's important. And let me just tell you girls this, because this happens mostly to girls in my experience. Uh, oftentimes, the ladies have a lot of faith. And, and I, well, I, you know, they'll talk about their boyfriend. And is he a believer? Nah, he's not. But I'm gonna pray. I know I'm going to save him. God's going to save him. I know it. You know, I'm praying for him. He's going to get, I would say, if you're dating and not committed in marriage to that person, get out. Be like the movie Get Out right now. Because watch this, ladies, it's not your job. You're not that man's savior. Only Jesus Christ is, is that person's savior, all right? And only the Lord can touch his heart. It ain't gonna be you. But if you're in a married relationship right now and that person's not a believer, this is what the Bible says. And I think it's important for you to know this. If you're married right now to an unbeliever, the Bible says to stay in that marriage because uh, the, the, the desire and the hope is that that man will get saved or that woman who's not saved will get saved. But if you're dating someone that is not saved, be like movie, get out right now. Because that's not God's best for you. Watch this. You know that you got. You know when God puts that right person in your life. You you will know it. Your family knows it. And watch this. Your church will know it. 
When I started dating Kareem, uh, there was an army of church people around her that had to, uh, I had to get the approval of, so to speak. And, um, and, and her parents, Mama Bear, let me tell you, I love Dan, but then Mama Bear Mel, oh my goodness, all right. Uh, that, that was a big thing right there. You'll know it, your family will know it, your church will know it, all right. So uh, 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 let, me go, let me go on to this next verse. Song of Solomon chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 in the message. Watch this. It says, oh, let me warn you, sisters and brothers in Jerusalem, by, by the gazelles, yes, by all the wild deer, don't excite love and stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. Can I ask you, if you're single, are you ready to date? I love that it talks about wild animals. Love doesn't necessarily need to be wild here, there, uncommitted, committed, all right? God wants, God wants it to be stable, all right? God will let you know when the time is ready, all right? But here's my next point. I think it's very important. I think in our singleness, what's important is this. I think it's important to understand how much God loves you. Because the honest question is, how can you give this love, this biblical love, if you have not experienced this almighty love, I'm going to have the keys on up here. In order to walk out this biblical love, in order to share and live this kind of love, this perfect love, we need to honestly experience and receive this love first. This is an unconditional, forever faithful, never relenting love of God. Christ's love is, unfail- is an un- watch this. Christ's love is an unfailing fountain. That never runs dry for you and for me. Let me just say that again. Christ's love is an unfailing, say unfailing, is an unfailing fountain of love. You know what love is? Love is give. Love is not take. Let me say it again. Love is give. Love is not take. If you're in a relationship right now and all that person does and you're dating, just let's say dating, and that person just takes, 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 takes. I don't know that that's the person for you. Because true love waits. True love doesn't take. True love is patient. True love gives. There's a poem that I read about Jesus. Love ever gives, forgives, outlives, and ever stands with open hands. And while it lives, it gives. For this is love's prerogative to give and give and give. God's love is an unfailing fountain that never runs dry for you and for me. Come to this fountain and let this love build you, mold you, heal you, and exhort you and encourage you. His love binds up the brokenhearted. It gives beauty for ashes. It redeems. and It is peaceful. His love will shape you and tell you who you are and give you a hope. Christ's love covers all sin, misdeed, shame, and regret. His love covers a fractured of a fractured soul. Watch this. Before you start dating and you're single, I think it's important to get acquainted with your Lord and Savior and realize who you are and receive this kind of love. Because when you have this love, then you can measure up, measure these people up to, is this the type of love, God, that you want for my life? Is this the person that you have for my life? And let me just reiterate, maybe you have a broken background 
Maybe you were abused, you were used and abused. Maybe, honestly, maybe you were taken advantage of as a little girl or as a little boy. And all you know about love is convoluted and perversion. All you know about love is what it means to the world. Maybe you've given up on love. Maybe you feel like you've gone through a divorce and that's it, I'm never getting married again. Maybe, maybe, maybe God has sent you good people, good men, maybe good women to date, but you're so broken because of love, because of the past. But here's the deal. God wants to heal you. God wants to, God wants to, uh, God wants to change your, redeem the past, and he wants to change your attitude about what love truly is. God wants you to receive this love. Look at what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 19 says. It says, and I love this prayer from the Apostle Paul. It says, and may you be able to feel and understand. I love that. I, I like that he says feel. God wants you to understand and feel as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves, though it is great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. And so at last, you will be filled up with God himself. This love of God won't ever tear you down. God's love will always build you up. And watch this. That's a measurement right there for the person that you will date. That's a measurement right there of just, uh, 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 of, you know, of who you're going to date. Is this person, watch this, when you're dating, is this person going to do, going with the things of the Lord, is committed to the Lord? Do they desire the Lord? Do they want the things of God? Are they committed to God? Those are the measurements right there when you're talking about dating. If those aren't there, you need to have faith, and although they may be hot, although they may be beer quality looking commercial women, all right, so to speak. Don't go in, don't buy it. See what the devil does is he will tempt you. God knows the devil knows what God wants to do in your life. And you better believe it, because I've experienced it in my life. Don't get don't get it twisted. Sometimes the devil will send you some people that are not meant for your life. But you need to use discernment. Is this the person that I'm supposed to be yoked up with or linked up with? Because I want the things of the Lord. Because as for me and my house and my children, we shall serve the Lord. I don't want to be yoked up to anyone who doesn't desire those things. Come on, how many of you want God's best for your life? How many of you want God's promises for your family, for your children? How many of you want a legacy? How many of you want great-grandchildren? Let me tell you, these are things that I didn't experience as a young boy. No, people weren't walking with the Lord. People weren't committed to the Lord. And we were... I, my, me and my family were dealing with uh, some of the results of people's mistakes. But watch this. As I've committed myself as a young man to the Lord, I've always believed that God has always had his best for me. If I just stand on his word, if I just remain committed, I might fall, I might slip. Believe me, y'all, I'm not blind. God might have saved me, but he didn't blind me, all right? But I I'm committed to the Lord. I want what God has for me. I believe in his promises. His, he says he has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And watch this. Now as a father, as a dad, I want, I want blessing to run through me to my children, to my grandchildren. Come on, someone, as I stay committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed right now? Maybe you come to church and this is a difficult conversation. And honestly speaking, it's a little difficult for me to preach because I'm being vulnerable and honest. But maybe your heart is broken because you haven't been loved the way you need to be loved. 
Maybe you're in a relationship right now that it doesn't really, it doesn't build you. It's not edifying to you or encouraging you. Maybe you grew up and you've been sexually abused, abandoned. Maybe you've been told who you're not. But today, Jesus wants to change that. Today's the day. You know, God's love is unconditional. It has no attachments. God's love doesn't say this, do this and I love you. That's the world. The Bible never says do this and then God will love you. The Bible says God so loved the world. Watch this. Even while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, for the sinful, that we might be righteous in him through faith. So maybe today, today's a, a shot to get healed. Today in your singleness, devote yourself to Christ. And watch this. Don't settle for lesser things in the, uh, this world. God has his best in mind for you. But I want to pivot for a moment. I want to talk to some of those who are broken right now. And honestly, I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group, this might be you. Maybe, honestly, you've never had an example of true love. True love. Maybe, like I said, you've been abused. Maybe you've been mistreated. And you're hurting. And right now, you're finding love in all the wrong places. You want lust because you feel like that's going to fulfill the void in your life and in your heart. But nothing will fulfill that void. Only Christ can. He is the, he is the peace that's going to fill the vacuum hole in your heart. But I want to pray for a group of people right now. Maybe you're broken right now and you need, you need to surrender. Like we sang today, available. You need to make your heart available to this love of God. Can God just love you? Can you let God love you? If that's you today, you're struggling with just love in that sense of a broken heart. And you need prayer in the sense of God just loving you. Can I just see you raise your hand? No one's looking. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. I see hands up in the auditorium. If you just need prayer online, reach out to your host. Amen. Father, I pray for the people right now who are struggling with a broken heart. I feel right now, I, I pray right now for the people, Lord, who were raised, maybe saw things, maybe gone through abuse in their life, and all they know is a perverted love. All they know is a brokenness. But Lord, I pray that your love will cover sin, cover shame, cover darkness. I pray that your love would encourage and build and exhort your people this morning. I pray that your people will abandon themselves to your never-failing love, Lord. Those are, that are online and in person, in Jesus' name. Can I have your hands down? So good. For one more other group of people, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe all you know about Christ's religion. And I want to give you an important invitation. Right now is, is so vital. Such an important thing to do. If you don't know Jesus, why wait? Jesus is, is the Lord and Savior of, uh, of the world. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Right now, your anxiety, you have depression. Right now, you're in broken relationships. Right now, your life is a mess. And right now, you're looking for hope. You don't know where to turn. But watch this, turn to Jesus, the one who made you, the one who thinks about you daily more than the sand on the seashore, the one who has a, perf the one who has a wonderful life for you. The Bible says this, if you, confess, if you confess that Jesus is Lord with your mouth and believe with your heart, you will be saved. Why not make that confession today? Do not wait. Life is too short. Hell is too hot. Eternity is too long to not receive Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior. If that's you in this place, even if it's just one of you, make that choice today. Give your life to Christ. Your life will never make sense without the one who made it. But when Jesus is Lord... 
all come, all things kind of make, all things kind of tend to make sense. If that's you, I'm not gonna put a mic in your face. I just wanna see you raise your hand. Say, Pastor Michael, I wanna make, I wanna choose Jesus and surrender my life to him as Lord and Savior. Go ahead and just on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. I need Jesus. I see a hand up. That's amazing. I need, I need Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him and give my whole heart to him. So amazing. 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 Those of you on the chat, just let your chat host know you gave your life to Christ. Okay. Hands down. Amazing. Give the Lord a clap. So powerful. So good. Amazing. 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 Father, let's just pray. Stand up with me. Repeat this prayer. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sin. I believe I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Lord, heal my broken heart. I wanna live for you. I wanna walk with you and I want what you have for me and I'll trust you all the days of my life. I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Come on, let's give him a clap. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.